When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Upvoted No Sleep, where OP, Jam Friends, writes, I've been given an amazing opportunity, I remind myself. Without this program, I'd never be able to live somewhere that allowed me to work at my dream job in the city, and I've already been promoted once. Hopefully by the time the program ends and I'm required to move out, I'll be able to get a car so I can keep my job and just commute. Being able to live here has helped me turn things around. Sure, I sometimes get the feeling of being in the presence of something as old as the building itself, if not older. I'm not sure how, but I can feel that it's something not quite alive, not quite dead. But I guess old places tend to attract old things. It doesn't follow me out of the lobby often, at least, so... I'm trying to work on overcoming the intense pang of fear I feel each time and just walk through as quickly as possible. I, I am afraid to ask for a different housing placement because I'm scared that I'll be kicked out of the program, and I can't risk that. But my building is beautiful, defined by elaborate stone ceilings, chandeliers, stained glass windows. It's right off the green line and the location's perfect for me. I am incredibly lucky. That's what I tell myself each night as I try to ignore the things behind the wall when they screech and wail. I should be grateful. This wasn't always an apartment building. It used to be another sort of building back when it was built in the early 1800s, but I forget what. It sat abandoned for a long time, but they've restored it very nicely. I've had a hard time getting food and other deliveries here. Some people will say that the apartment building is still on the map under some other name. Others have claimed the address doesn't exist at all, which is kind of funny. You know, you'd think it would be one or the other. But I've been here three months, and I've yet to see another person. Even when I'd picked up my keys, I had received a message directing me to pick them up from a box with a key code. I've yet to see staff or my neighbors. My unit is supposedly a one-bedroom, but I have a strong suspicion that there used to be a second bedroom behind the portion of the wall that becomes damp every night, where that nightmarish screeching comes from. There are two full bathrooms, one right outside my room, one around the corner of that suspiciously blank wall, and some other features in the layout that lead me to that conclusion. My first day, after unpacking, I walked through my apartment in awe. I know how fortunate I am, given that the program allows me to live here for a discounted rate. I, I really, really do know. I can't imagine how much it would cost otherwise, definitely outside of my budget. The outside is all pale stone, graceful spires and stained glass windows surrounded by towering trees. When I first walked into the lobby with its tall and intricately carved ceilings. I instantly felt out of place. <laughs> I wondered if there was a mistake. 
satisfied. No, the keys were where I was told they would be, and everything was in my name. This was my place, at least for the next year. The hallways are a bit creepy, to be honest. But my room and the rest of the building, it's a work of art. I couldn't sleep the first night. I had rolled around on the sleeping bag that was the early iteration of my bed, and ended up instead spending the night in the living room, watching cars go by. And around midnight that night, the blank wall began to groan. Condensation formed on it, and then began to slowly roll down. It mirrored the sweat forming on my forehead as I watched the first time. At that moment, I'd been worried about something leaking, and possibilities of mold and the like. I was worried about those things. Until the knocking started. Firstly tentative, and then more aggressively in reaction to the sounds I made as I tripped over a chair while backing away in surprise. It became more insistent. Then came the moaning, the begging, the wailing. I ran out of my apartment that night, desperately seeking out someone, anyone. But the halls were deserted. In my panic, I rounded a dark corner of the hallway at a full sprint, and I ran into something. It was fleshy, it was human-like. I thought I'd finally found a neighbor, until it turned to look at me. I'm lucky that my legs worked faster than my brain that night. I think I had surprised it, and that's how I managed to get away but I couldn't sleep for days afterwards. I'm still not entirely comfortable talking about what dwells in the hallway. I try not to think about it, and how it seemed to have endless pits instead of eyes. That long, lolling tongue, with the feel of its dripping, spongy flesh on mine. (laughs) Let's just say it made an apartment with screaming coming from the walls seem far safer by comparison. I don't leave my room after dark anymore. It's mostly safer that way. During the day, I've knocked on the wall out of sheer curiosity. Sounds hollow, but otherwise nothing else stands out. Nothing that would indicate what's truly back there. Still happens every night, like clockwork. Although the harshness of the walls and the feelings of violent desperation that seep through, well, they've grown over time. I called the police the second night. I was worried someone might have been trapped back there. Worried enough to brave the dark, winding hallway and its inhabitant. Only one officer came out, and it took forever for him to find the place. He only found me when I stood on the corner outside and waved. I explained a bit, and as we walked in, he stopped, he stared at me, apparently trying to decide if this was a prank call, or I was simply insane. But to his credit, he followed me inside. He looked around the beautiful lobby with apparent revulsion while he softly muttered something about how the place should have been condemned. His hand seemed to unconsciously go to the saint metal pendant around his neck as if he was hoping to keep something around us at bay. I wasn't sure what he was seeing that I wasn't. At the sound of us entering my apartment, the knocking became more frantic. The voices called out more desperately. He was taken aback by what he saw and heard. Looking at me for the first time as if I was sane and a perfectly reasonable citizen, 
just concerned about the screeching coming from behind my wall. He took a knife from his belt, and he made a small cut through a portion of the water-sodden wall like it was room-temperature butter. A strange, gray liquid trickled out. It smelled horrible, like bad meat pickled in vinegar. He cut the hole wider and shined the flashlight through it. He leaned to peek in. He stared for a long moment. I'm not sure what he saw. But after he stood, he shook his head, put his hand on my shoulder, quietly told me, don't let them out. And he walked to the door. I followed him to the doorframe, but I went no further. When I realized I couldn't persuade him to stay, I asked him to be careful in the hallway and lobby. He nodded wearily, not even bothering to question that request after witnessing whatever it was that he had just seen. When I returned from the entryway, I saw these unnaturally long, blackened, finger-like appendages poking through the hole, clawing through the opening and grasping as they tried to pull the small hole open wider. I watched helplessly as it slowly grew in size, and more and more of those awful fingers, and eventually what must have been a hand, came through. The pungent liquid still dripped out, and the air behind the wall reeked of rot. I did the only thing I could think of at the time, which was to grab my pepper spray, spray the fingers in the hole directly. I ran to my room, my eyes and my lungs stinging, and I locked the door. The sounds were even worse that night. The voices had sounded human before, but as those things screeched in pain and frustration while they fought and clawed at the opening, any facade of humanity that had tinged the voices before was gone. I sat up all night, watery eyes, wide in terror. I patched up the hole the next morning based on the officer's recommendation. I'd later learned from the police that later interviewed me that he did make it out of my building safely. However, he then proceeded to calmly walk into oncoming traffic. A few months have passed since then, and I'm going to try to stick it out until the program ends next summer. Something new I've noticed recently, though, is that sometimes, out of the corner of my eye, the lobby looks to be in a state of ruin, covered in cobwebs, gorgeous windows shattered as the disturbed dust floats in the rays of sun. When I turn my head and look directly, though, it appears to be beautiful and extravagant again. I'm not sure what to make of it. I try to be home as little as possible now. I try to spend my time working or walking around the city. But I always give myself time to get to my room before dark. I don't let family or friends visit. I've just come to accept that my apartment has, um, some quirks. I don't want to complain or sound ungrateful, though, because I really... <sighs> I am thankful for this place. I just wish there wasn't so much screaming. And that was an upvoted no-sleep story by O.P. Jam Friends. Sweet dreams. <laughs>